everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Behind the Line podcast, where we discuss all things related to the Super Retriever series. Hey, everybody, I'm your host, David Hamilton, and our guest today is Luke Coor. And if you listen to this podcast regularly, you know that Luke was already a guest earlier in the season. So why are we bringing him back so soon? Well, because he recently won the 2020 SRS Crown Championship. Today's episode is going to be all about the crown from Luke's perspective. But before we get started, we want to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor, Yukonuba. The Super Retriever Series Crown Championship and this episode of the Behind the Line podcast are brought to you by Yukonuba, the leader in premium nutrition for sporting and working dogs. As I mentioned a moment ago, our guest today is Luke Coor. He already had Team of the Year on his resume when he and Indy won that distinction a couple of times. And then this year, he added Crown Champion to his list of impressive accomplishments as a handler. Luke, uh, welcome to the show, and I guess the first thing to say is uh, congrats on winning the crown, man. Well, thank you for having me, and thank you. It was a pretty good accomplishment for us. Absolutely, man. Some people compete their whole lives and never win a crown, and for you, I mean, seems like what, the fifth time's the charm? You first qualified for the crown back in 16, so you were in it 16, 17, 18, 19, and now you're the 2020 champ. How's that feel? Feels good. Feels good. Hard work pays off. Oh, I'm sure. Now, you and Bang were the Yukonuba Team of the Year for 2020, so you kind of came in as in the favorites. Uh, did that put more pressure or less pressure on you as you, as you headed into Huntsville this year for the Crown Championship? I, I think it put le- less pressure on on me and Bang because, you know, we were consistent throughout the year, so we knew that we had the – we you know, we had a good year, so we knew we were in the right spot going in. So we felt comfortable going into each venue and each different style of series that – we, you know, we had pretty much seen it all, all year long, and we were consistent at it. So it kind of gave us an extra boost of confidence. And the crown this year, after being away for a year, was back in Huntsville because you had competed in years before and you had seen kind of, you know, some of the layouts and the properties where you'd be competing. For you and the other competitors who had been in a crown before in Huntsville, did that kind of give you a little bit of an edge knowing, okay, we're going to go to Jones Farm or, okay, we're going to go over here and do this? Um, it does, it kind of helps you out, you know, the lay of the land, but with the super retriever series, you know, they can do anything they want in any series. And so it helps you because you kind of know the terrain that you're going to be training in or you're going to be running in. Um, so you can prepare for that. But at the end of the day, the, the whole deal in the super retriever series is you can pretty much run on the same field every day and they're going to throw something at you that you've probably never seen before. Now, let's talk about that week, man. I mean, the weather was the only way I can describe it's nasty, right? There was a hurricane in the area. It was blowing through. It seems like there was wind and rain. Most years I'm down there with y'all at the crown. This year I was unable to make it, but I was watching the live stream and I thought, man, what a what just a nasty weather for that competition. So how much of a challenge was that for you and the other handlers having to deal with the mud, the rain, the the wind, et cetera? Um, It's more of a mental challenge. Uh, You know, every we've all we all train as often as we can and we train in those conditions and so being in those conditions is not anything out of the norm for us it's more if who can handle it mentally who can stay on their a game and disregard the weather disregard the wind and the cold and the rain and just stay focused on each bird as they're picking them up so more of the the weather factor it doesn't um the wind is definitely a you know a pretty big factor it causes you know terrain change and stuff like that you've got to fight the factor of the wind but the uh, the rain and the cold doesn't affect the dogs um, like you would think it would. Um, sometimes if it rains real hard, it can affect visibility. Um, but for the most part, it's a mental factor. You just got to be able to stay focused and act like it's a bright, sunny day and 
and stay focused on each bird. All right, let's walk through each of the five series. So the first one was a mud test out of that Excel boat that was given away at the event. So for those who maybe didn't see the live stream and are maybe waiting to see it when it's on television, just kind of give us a lay of the land of what that what that first series was like and what the judges were looking for from, from you and Bang and the other dogs and handlers in that test. Um, so the first series was we had a remote send on a blind. So you come up and you put your dog on the front of the Excel boat and then you walk back about 10 feet. And once you cross behind a line, the marks start going off. We have a Bubba Gunner in the boat with the dog. And he shoots a double out on the field, and one of them splashing in the water to the left, and one of them's landing up on land to the right. And then you have to know them off remotely and send them on a blind. So typically when you run a poison bird blind, you have the ability to stand next to a dog and line them up and let them know, hey, you're not going to get these marks. We're going to run a blind. They took that um, edge away from you, and you had to send your dog on the blind remotely and then handle them off of the marks and pick up your blind, come back from the first blind, and then pick up one of the marks, and then run the other blind. Um, so the biggest, um, I guess, the most difficulty about that test was your initial line. Uh, initial line is a big factor on the success of a blind because a dog generally knows if they take a d- good initial line, they know where they're going from the takeoff. Um, so you have to, most of the time, you had to change your dog's initial line where they thought they were going and get them online to the blind, uh, which made it a very difficult, and it was, it was a control test. They're looking for a dog that, can be sent in the wrong direction and can be handled back to a place they don't know where they're going how much of a factor was the boat element to it uh the boat the boat element was you know a good factor for a lot of the dogs some dogs whenever um get on a boat um and then some of them are just uncomfortable up there to where they're not really sure if they can jump off of it um or if you want them to get off of it and then also remote sending on a blind is just an uncomfortable situation for a dog if you send them on their name for a mark that's something pretty common that we do but being remote sent on a blind is, you know, is uncommon and adding the boat to that, you know, made the dogs a little bit more uncomfortable than you typically would be. For sure. How do you feel that you and Bang did in that test? Um, I felt like we did the best we could. Bang's a very point and shoot, line them up kind of dog. And so when they took that factor away from him, we knew going into it that we were going to struggle on that initial line part and, and getting him right where we needed him. But I knew once I got him on the line that we needed, we were good from there. I wasn't worried about the poison bird or anything like that. Um, so it kind of started of us off behind, you know, I think we were in like almost 30th place after the first series because he had a pretty high score. Um, going into it because he took off going in between the two marks and then we had some cast refusals to get back online, you know, so it wasn't the prettiest run, um, but we, we pieced it together and we got another a score that put us in the running. You know, we were right there on the pack. Um, and so we didn't come out of it as good as we wanted to, um, but we survived it. And that's what the crown's about. It's all about survival. Yeah, that leads me to my next question. So if you're there in the middle of the pack, right? So you're you're not you're not out of it, but you're also don't see your name up there near the top of the leaderboard. Do you press a little bit more in the other series, or do you say, "Hey, this is a this is a five series event. We can't worry about just one, and and we did all right, so we can move forward." Or do or do you find yourself kind of pressing, trying to get back up towards the top? Um, I can't speak for everybody, but me personally, I. You know, I start over every series. I don't worry about the score that I have or the score that I have to make up. Um, I worry about getting the birds as cleanly and quickly as possible and trying to get the lowest score we can, um, you know, and the cards fall where the cards fall. So we don't really, you know, when you're at the crown, you're always pressing. You're you're gambling from the day you step in to the day you walk out. You know, there's never a plan it's safe just to survive in the crown championship. You're, It's all about survival, but you're going you're going for broke every time you get up there. 
and you're trying to get it as the best possible way your dog can. Um, but that doesn't mean you're going to let your dog get lost and get themselves in trouble. You're just going to do what you can to do what you and your dog can do best. Um, and so it doesn't really matter what the score is in the previous series. You got to go up there mentally just knowing you have to do the best you can. And what the best you can is the best you can do. Um, and you can't, if you go up there and you're worried about score, it's going to cause you to not think about your run. Series two, uh, as you had mentioned a, a few minutes ago, uh, kind of at the top of the podcast, that, that even if you've competed in Huntsville, the nice thing with the judges at the at the Crown Championships, they can throw something at you you've never seen before, even on the same property you've been on before. So series two, after you had that mud test in series one, series two was a big field trial. Tell us a little bit about the lay of the land there and what the judges were looking for and also uh, you know how you felt that you and Bang did in series two. Um, series two was a, you know, you completely switched gears. You went from being a hunting style hunt test dog that shows a lot of control to a big field trial marking test. And so the reason they do that is they're trying to give the hunting dog, the hunt test dog, the advantage that they have in the first series. And in the second series, they're trying to give the field trial dog the advantage they have and trying to see who's the most balanced between all of the, the two different venues. Um, so we had a big field trial with two retired. And if I remember correctly, I think the Longbird was a little over 400 yards um, and really tight marks, hard to get to, um, well, very well-placed birds. And for the most part, the dogs were doing 80% of the work flawlessly, but that Longbird was so far and the wind was in our face that if you got out there on the Longbird and you had to start handling, either the dogs couldn't see you when you started handling or they couldn't hear the whistle when you started blowing the whistle. So it caused a lot of high scores to rack up pretty quick. Uh, luckily bang is pretty strong on the marking side of things. And so I didn't really have to do a whole lot with him. I kind of just stood there and said his name and he just about stepped on all four marks and scored a 12. And so that, you know, put us right back in the hunt. I know in years past, some of the criticism, obviously the judges do the best they can, but you know, some of the handlers sometimes say, oh, you know, there wasn't enough to make up in, in series two, if you, if you kind of messed up in series one, but, but sounds like from what you're telling us here that you felt like these two tests uh, both provided an opportunity where if you didn't perform as well as you had wanted in one, if you, if your dog excelled in the other series, there were, there was an opportunity that they could still make the cut and move on to series three. Oh, for sure. The the judges were very good about setting up a test in all five series that you could make a move. If you were in last, you could go to first. And if you're in first, you could go to last. And that's what we're looking for. We don't want to see a test that everybody's going to score the same score on. You want to see something that is going to give a lot of separation. After that 12 you had in Series 2, uh, how did you feel at that point, knowing there were three series left, about you and, and Bang's chances of, of maybe winning the crown? Oh, uh, you know, we felt good. We felt, you know, I, I knew that he was firing on all cylinders when he went out there and stepped on those on those marks in that big field trial series. Bang is a field trial dog. Um, he comes from field trial background. He has an open win, um, you know, and so the field trial game was his kind of his strong suit. And to know, to know that he was firing on all cylinders into the field trial game, you know, kept us pretty confident going into the next series. So you come out of that field trial series two and you head into series three. Give us a little breakdown of uh, what you and the other handlers and uh, the dogs had to face uh, in series three. Um, you're going to have to remind series three was the HRC series. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So series three, we had. Um, they threw us some marks, and then we had to know them off of the marks and then run a blind. And on the way out to the blind, they threw us a poison bird in route, meaning when the dog is sent on the blind for a, a retrieve that they don't know is there, a bird boy steps out and he shoots a bird on the way out to the mark. 
and that are on the way out to the blind, and the dog cannot retrieve that mark. They have to continue handling to the blind. Um, a lot of people that know Bang's history know that in his very first SRS event, they threw us a poison bird and route like that, and Bang picked it up. He went straight to it, didn't even hesitate. One picked it up and was disqualified in his very first event for picking up a poison bird and route. Um, and so we we knew that going in, but we've trained on it. Bang has become very strong on the poison bird side of things and he didn't even blink and he just kept rolling held his line and we handled off of it no problem and ended up posting another good score um but that test was kind of a combination of all your your blind showed a lot of control you had to have those two poison birds that were tight but when you came back from the blind you also had to mark the birds the birds were very well placed um and so you had to have a strong marking dog as well and so it was a very um quality test for a hunt test dog to see the high level of control and the and the marking ability so you come out of series three uh and then you head kind of to the semifinals uh in series four uh and series four was a, a blind retrieve so so tell us a little bit about you know what what happened there in series four and the the lay of the land and what you think the judges were looking for and again you know similar question to kind of Series one through three here, you know, how you felt Bang performed in that? Um, So series four was back to a trial. And instead of having a our first series, we had a handling blind style setup for a hunt test for a hunting style dog. And our fourth series was a blind setup for a field trial style dog. So you're kind of, again, playing off of all the different venues and trying to find the dog that's most balanced. Um, You come up to the line and they have a dry shot off of a long station. And the dry shot's a distraction to kind of the dog think that a mark came from that area and it's to pull him down the hill. And then bird two was our short and left. They threw a bird from left to right towards the line to the blind. There was actually a pile of birds on the ground. They put five or six birds on the ground in the fall area. So every dog had the same level of temptation. Sometimes when you throw one bird and you get a bad bounce, one dog has to run really close to it. One dog has to run really far from it. So they kind of filled the area with birds. So every dog has the same level of temptation to kind of equal the playing field. Um, and before, after we finished the fourth series or the third series, we were sitting pretty good, but we knew we still had a lot of ground to make up. And Ernie asked me, he said, you know, what do you think we need going into the end of the fourth series to be able to make the final? I said, we need a big poison bird. We need a big poison bird blind that bank can slide right by and, you know, we'll get through it. And that's going to help us with our gain and our ground. And that's exactly what they set up. They set up a big poison bird. They held us on tight corridors. So if you weren't challenging to the line to the blind, you're getting penalized for it. And Bang, you know, went up there and, and did exactly what we thought Bang would do. He slid right by the poison bird, ended up three whistle in the blind and scoring a six. And so that, you know, we had the lowest uh, score in that series by quite a bit. And we gained a lot of ground um, and, you know, put us in a good spot. I think it put us in second going into the finals. So, you know, we were very happy with our performance in that, uh, in the, in the semifinals. And I remember, uh, one of the judges after I ran, he said, Hey, what's your number on your, on what's your dog number? And I said, six. And he goes, that's your score, buddy. I'm like, awesome. You know, that's exactly what we needed. Yeah. I mean, sounds like, uh, I mean, obviously they don't, they don't design the course specifically for one dog. Like you said, they, they design very different series and various different, you know, tests within those series to, to challenge a dog throughout the week. But, but to your point, it kind of sounds like that test was, was perfect for bang because looking at the scores there. Yeah. I mean, you were in third at that point heading into to series four, you had a one thirty five, and, and Sean Sims and Wiggles were, were leading with an 89. So you had a little bit of ground there to catch up. I mean, just 
if you could just talk to us about how huge it was to just nail that and only get a six while others are getting things. I'm looking here at the score sheet. Others were getting uh, scores of 69, 80, you know, 38, 42. And then for you to come in there with a single digit, man, that had to set you up and had to make you feel like, wow, we really got a chance to win this thing. Yeah, you know, it does. It felt really good going in there and, and crushing that series and having a really good run. Um, but what it really helps with is momentum, you know, just kind of like in a football game or anything like that. When you when you end the quarter with a with a big run or a big pass, you know, you carry that momentum. So after that series, Bang showed that he was firing on all cylinders and he had the control that we needed and he wasn't falling apart. Um, a lot of times dogs get loose as you go four or five series. They start to loosen up and Bang was staying together and he was staying well fit and he was on his A game. So, you know, it helped us carry a lot of momentum going into that final series. And I want to discuss the final series with you here in just a moment. We do need to take a quick just, you know, 10, 15 second break here to thank our sponsor once again. Sporting Dogs give us all we ask for and then some. Their nutrition should do the same for them. You can find out more information about Yukonuba at yukonubasportingdog.com and follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Yukonuba Sporting Dog. Today, we are chatting with Luke Core, the, 2000, uh, the 2020 SRS Crown Champion, uh, Luke, there's a lot we want to cover here. We just went through the first four series. Now we're heading into the finals. So Sean Sims has kind of been leading all weekend, but you gained ground there heading in to series five. Uh, what happened where you were able to, you know, come from behind and, and, and get that win? You know, we just kind of, like I said before, you don't really think about what your scores are and how much ground you have to make up. You, you know, you think about doing the best you can and, the cards fall where the cards fall. And we knew that that test had a lot of opportunity for, um, you know, bad things to happen. And we knew we just had to hold it together and, and hit everything we needed to hit and not get any major penalties um, and let let Bang run the blinds that Bang runs and let Bang pick up the marks the way he picks up the marks. Uh, you know, and we held it together. We had a little struggle on the right blind to finish it, but got a little outside the corridors penalty. But we held it together enough to uh, put together a good run and seal the deal. Now, in the fifth series, uh, anybody who follows the Super Retriever series knows this, that, you know, throughout the the crown championship, obviously, the, the handlers are told their scores after after each round. Uh, even if, if the if the series is still going on, you know, as, as, as Luke leaves, the judges will say, you know, this is Luke's score. But in the fifth series, the scores are kept quiet. So nobody really knows who's going to win. So before you knew the outcome, how'd you feel you and Bang – we're, we're stacking up. I mean, did you think like, okay, maybe we won, or did you think maybe we're behind? Like, what what were your thoughts before the scores were announced? Um, I felt like we won, but I knew it was going to be close. Um, you know, we had we gained a lot of ground on um, Sean and Wiggles, and then but Shooter and Lee Howard also had a had a strong run, so we knew that it was going to be tied between the three of us. Um, but you know, I felt like we put together a good enough run and had a good enough lead on um, Lee and shooter that we were going to come out ahead. Um, you know, it was just it's nerve wracking the anticipation, you know, that's why they don't tell you the scores. They want, they want the anticipation to build up and, you know, and that's the way a crown champion is supposed to crown championship supposed to end. You know, it's, it's down to three dogs and everybody's on pins and needles waiting for them to announce those final, those final placements. And, you know, it's a, I remember my heart just kind of sank when they announced that I was a winner and it was just, you know, dreams come true. Yeah, I'm sure, and and nerve wracking. Uh, you know, my sources tell me that uh, you were you were super nervous right before they announced the winner. And and anybody that knows you knows normally you're a calm and collected guy, and you, it doesn't seem like much phases you. But uh, 
in that moment, obviously had to be nervous. So, uh, I, what do the emotions go from 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 nervous to you know joy when you, when you win? You know, that's exactly what it goes for. It goes from nervous to joy, excitement. You know, the kind of a relief. You know, because I got second last year, and we were sitting there waiting for them to announce the winner, and I got announced at second place. You know, and we were excited with that finish. It was, a, you know, the best finish I had had at the time, and we were excited about it. But I, when I was sit, I remember sitting there. They announced third place, and they were going to announce second place. I was like, "Come on, not this again! Give it to us!" You know, and and they announced us for first place, and so it was, you know, the 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 nervousness and the stress just kind of fell off. You know, it's a long week of of mental stress. And when they announced us at the winter, you know, everything just kind of just relaxed and we were excited. And, you know, that was a, a big goal for all of us here at best retrievers is, is to bring the crown championship to bring it home, you know? And so when we got it done and they announced our name, it was, you know, an awesome feeling. For you individually, what does this mean for your career? I mean, you're a guy who's now won, you know, team of the year, I think three times, correct? Twice with Indy and once yep, with bang. Yep. And now you're a crown champion, yep. uh, still a young guy. I mean, uh, does this set you up as kind of the guy to beat moving forward? <laughs> I don't know about that. You know, I, I think we all work, you know, everybody that runs the SRS works equally as hard. You know, we're all pushing for the same goal, um, you know, and I think it just like I said, with momentum, you know, it gives you a little bit more advantage of having the momentum going in that, you know, you've been there before and you've succeeded on that, that table. I remember the first, you know, last year when I went to the finals, I was the only person in the finals that hadn't won a crown championship, you know. So those a lot of those other guys had the 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 experience of being in the finals and handling the pressure and being successful at it, you know. And I think everybody in the finals I was with last year had actually won the crown before, um, you know. And so this year coming into it, I felt like you know I'd been in the finals before. I was a little bit more prepared, um, you know, nervous wise, mentally wise, you know. Now that I've been through all five series and, and come out the winner, I think it's going to, you know, help me, you know, um, be more balanced and, you know, be able to handle that big stage on a regular basis. Your mentors, Rody Best, you worked for him there at Best Retrievers. What did Rody say to you when uh, you won the crown this year? Uh, you know, he was obviously, congratulations. He was very happy for me. And, you know, he just said, hey, you know, way to hang in there, way to not give up, way to take it one bird at a time. And, and, you know, stick with it and, you know, come out on top. And uh, Bang's owner, Ernie, what did uh, he say to you when Bang won? You know, Ernie was pretty pumped. He, you know, he came, we came off the line to give me a big hug. And, you know, for him, his goal when he got into this deal was, was to own a crown champion and have, you know, have that crown championship title and be able to grab that trophy, you know. And so for him, it was just as it's been just as long of a journey, if not longer of a journey for him than it has been for me of, you know, of pushing and training and working hard and investing the time and, and, you know, really trying to get this crown championship and, you know, for, for bang to pull that off, you know, for Ernie, it was a, you know, a great deal. It was a great feeling for all of us. And, you know, Ernie was pumped. And after we got done, we said, he said, you know, all right, it's time for bang to, we're going to go get him some ducks and shoot him some geese and, you know, have a good hunting season. I was about to ask you that. What's what's next for Bang and what's next for you? Are, are you hunting uh, in the coming months? And if so, with Bang, or is Bang going to spend the next few months with Ernie and just kind of, you know, what's next for Luke and what's next for Bang? Well, the the next step for, you know, all of us is we get to go, you know, the, the Crown Championship was sponsored by Prairie Rock Outfitters and Jake LaTondres. And so, you know, we get we got the invite to go on a hunt with him. So myself, Ernie, and uh, Rody and Bang are going to go up there and, 
um, enjoy ourselves a hunt with um, Jake Latondras on in Nebraska, and you know, all of us are going to kind of get the reward for the years of work and go have a good weekend and have some fun. Moving forward, uh, will it be easier for you in future years? Uh, I mean, I know it's never easy, but like you said, uh, you know, when you were competing last year, you were competing against uh, other finalists who had all won a crown before. Do you think there's there's less pressure on yourself or, or pressure from others to win a to win a second one or a third one as opposed to trying to get that first one? No, I think there's you know, I believe there's more there's more pressure. You know, you've you've done it you've done it once. Why can't you do it again? You know, that's if if it's been done before, it can be done again. You know, and so you have that added pressure of he's won one before. Let's win another one, and then another one, and then another one. You know, and so. Just because you won one doesn't mean that you're happy with it. You know, we're happy and we're excited and we're ecstatic about it, but you know, we're not going to stop trying to win. Certainly no. You'll be back next year. Will Bang be back as well? Bang Bang will be back. Um, Ernie is, hope, is planning to run him in the amateur division this year, so he may get qualified in the amateur division, and we'll see, you know, depending on how well he's running for Ernie and how well he's running for me, we'll see if we're going to go for trying to have both crown championship titles, which we really – hope that he can accomplish to win it on both the amateur and the pro side. So we'll see how this year goes and how it pans out on whether we're competing as an amateur or we're competing in the open. Well, certainly want you to enjoy this year without having to look forward to next year. So congrats to the 2020 SRS Crown Championship winners, Luke Coor and Bang. And as Luke said, he'll be back next year. He'll obviously be in a lot of the competitions leading up to the crown. And then, of course, Luke will qualify for the crown and try to defend his title next year. And we'll see if he's trying to defend that uh, in the open category with another dog or with Bang or if Bang will be competing with his owner, Ernie. But uh, just wanted to chat with you today, Luke. I know everybody at home probably was super excited to hear that you'd be our next guest after they after they saw that you won the crown there. So I guess we'll just leave you with a congratulations and uh Hope you and your family and everybody enjoy uh, Thanksgiving and that uh, you and Rhodey and Ernie uh, enjoy that trip with uh, with Jake, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon, man. But thanks for your time today. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. Have a great day.